Sup, my bros? Whoa! Cracking a cold one here on the Brain Boggle Jeez Podcast. Yeah. Welcome. If, Whoa. Let's see uh, if you need to go and rewind the podcast so you can crack open a cold one in sync. Uh, with yeah. Over here so that we can, uh, that you can enjoy a cold one with, with an interesting podcast. Um, a cold can of whoop ass. Exactly. <laughs> um. So I, just, I just figured maybe if we went for more of like a Joe Rogan vibe that we'd get more listens. Yeah, so, dude. You know, let's yeah, host yeah, yeah, trying, yeah, to, Joe, trying to court vibe. the bro demographic. Let's host you know? a, a, a four-hour presidential debate or whatever he's trying to do. With yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to get a four-hour presidential debate here. And 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 and, and hey, you want that? You want that, about that true? A, you want that about a fist from your face? About a fist from your face. That's what he always says. He goes, like, you want that about a fist from your face? And he's like, you know, yeah. Well, you months. know, Joe, it's a little too close for me. Um, yeah, Joe Biden is never going to agree to that debate. I, I feel Joe like. Biden, more like Joe Ben Hyden. Apparently, Donald Whoa. Trump already agreed to it, and he said he would do it. Of course, he did. Oh, Why on. wouldn't he? I forgot to put my recording thing on the door. Uh, I mean, but I mean, honestly, try to imagine. I, I mean, obviously, I think if you listen to this podcast, you know, you know where we lie on this issue, but where we're voting most likely yeah. in a uh, November, but. That being said, could you imagine either the two of those men lasting through a four-hour debate? Nope. By like, no. By like 52 minutes in, they would both be in like a puddle on the floor, just like... It's just... just it like would reveal a lot of stuff. It wouldn't happen. I'm telling you this. <laughs> it would be a nightmare for everyone involved. All right. So let's just not do that. Yeah, let's, let's. I bet the DMC was like, Joe, if you say yes... You will die. You will. You will <laughs> lose the nomination. And he was like, "Yeah, no one, no one will make it out of this thing alive." That's true. And I don't know. Maybe that's. Maybe that. Hold on a second. Maybe that's for the. <laughs> um. So banned. Uh, banned from Twitter. I say. I. We yes. should just. We should just introduce ourselves and get right into it because mm, this is going to mm, be mm. a fairly large episode. I think. I believe this is oh. going to be a two-parter. Um. It's kind of going to be like uh, it'll. So this will be the last two episodes uh, before Bogtober. Then, Ooh, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be it'll be a good little primer, primer for Bogtober. I was going to say this episode feels like it could fit into Bogtober. It, it, it could it's, a so frank, just, it's a transitional episode. I just I got too excited, and I need to. Yeah, why not? I need to talk about this. So honestly, we need something to hold on to this year. Fuck. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. give me something to believe. So in. fall is in the air. We can start talking about whatever we want, yeah, guys. Let's uh, mm. let's uh, let's get right into the introductions. Then why don't we? Mm. Oh, I'm actually I have butterflies for this because I'm like. I don't know if me and Brent picked the same one. All right, let's hear it. Um, but let's go. All right. <clears throat> I am your Blitzkrieg B. You did. Bobby. You picked my fastball. <laughs> I knew it. All right. I, I, I am your, in a straight I, line. All right. Well, let me hit you with the off speed. A little change up here. I'm your Berlin B, Brent. Oh! Wow. Yeah. Interesting. We will not be talking about Blitzkrieg or Berlin at all. Um, okay. A good one would have been fine. Bavaria because we talk about we'll talk about Bavaria. Um, I am oh, your. Okay. Is this? I don't know. This might be problematic. I'm your uh, <laughs> Judaic J Jack. Uh, which yeah. it's a bit rough, but uh, well, <laughs> you had me nervous as to which of those J words you were yeah. going to be picking there when you said it was problematic. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 I was yeah. expecting it a lot to be a lot <laughs> worse. It's all good. All right, I'm Jack. Whatever, we'll move past it. Um, so, as you probably read by the title, today we are talking uh, about Nazis and their obsession with the occult. 
Um, yes. And so, like... What is a, a cult, Jack? We'll get there. We'll get there, Robert. I got a whole... I got, like, eight pages of notes to, to, to get through. <laughs> um, so, you thought that... Oh, I hit my mic. You thought that Nazis were crazy. Dude, you you thought that they were crazy, but they're cra- they're they're even more crazier than you than 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 you even thought. Than you really? even crazier than mass genocide? Wow, crazier <laughs> in the sense of yeah yeah. Because normally you would be like, oh, mass genocide. Oh, yeah. That's just because they hate they're racist. But like, yeah. we're gonna go into where their racist ideologies stem from and then we're going go, we'll go more into uh we'll go into some of the occult uh actual policies and uh, that they would use and eventually we'll go into heinrich himmler's just like batshit crazy dude uh yeah. so this is going to be a two-parter so at the beginning we're going to talk about the beliefs and their policies and then for next week you're going to have to come back to hear specifically about heinrich himmler and his stuff because he was really like the driving force of like occultism in the nazi party uh, yeah go subscribe baby to come back next mm. week yeah yes. so so most of us uh might be familiar with uh different works of fiction in which uh in which nazis uh, dabble in the occult uh you have you have stuff like uh like hydra in in captain america comics uh they hail hydra yeah they're the shadowy the shadowy figure that actually like controls the nazis they um are looking for the tesseract which is supposedly that you know that crazy that crazy uh they think it's some sort of ancient relic you have the video game uh series wolfenstein there's a lot of uh mm-hmm. ancient occult stuff oh, yeah. in that there's some there's some like part of the idea behind why the nazis were able to like take over in that is because there was like in a there was a there was a jewish occult group in that game where the nazis sort of like took over and stole technology from them and is using that technology to power their like crazy machines um they you even to things like uh indiana jones and the raiders in the lost ark uh because they have nazis looking for the uh ark of the covenant and uh things like hellboy where you see nazis trying to summon demons from the other side to help them fight uh in the war uh mm. but even a lot of examples even even the first nathan drake game has like a weird nazi curveball at the end of it i was like oh yeah and the nazis were looking for some weird occult shit and now there's like weird alien monkey people at the end of this game yeah weird. and um <laughs> so all of that fiction actually has a very 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 strong basis in reality um pretty pretty surprisingly um those the video games seem to seem to be structured around okay, well, what if the Nazis were right about their obsession with the occult? And that's why they were able to, mm. to have this sort of, that sort of power. Um, but it is, it is based on actual, actual uh, Nazi stuff. Um, and even high-ranking officials within the Nazi party, um, most notably a man by the name of Alfred Rosenberg, who was the head of the foreign affairs uh, for the entirety of the Nazi party. Uh, he was the head of the foreign affairs for the entire time the Nazi party was in was in power. And he is responsible for Nazis' cultural policies and surveillance policies uh, during, during that time. Uh, he is also the author of a book titled The Myth of the 20th Century, 
Uh, this book is often credited as being one of the origins of a lot of the Nazis' uh, ideologies and beliefs. Um, notably, he was a skeptic towards the occult, um, which is actually very interesting because he is quoted hmm. as saying in one of his diaries, the success of National Socialism, Nazis, the unique appearance of the Fuhrer, has no precedent in German history. The consequence is that many Germans, due to their proclivity for the romantic and the mystical, indeed the occult, came to understanding the success of National Socialism in this fashion. Basically, what he's saying is... The reason why Hitler was able to rise to power was because the German people are so easily believe they are so willing to believe mysticism and folklore. They 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 love 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 uh, stories and myths and that sort of thing. Kind of reminds me of a you know a modern problem that we're dealing with today. Yeah, it's it's it is bit. it is similar. They're basically saying that since the German people are are at the time were very susceptible to believing in myths, they 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 saw. Hitler as this sort of mythic figure that was sent, you know, by some power, supernatural, divine, uh, whatever. Yes, uh, basically directly contributing to, basically the Nazis' rise to power can be directly contributed, attributed to their belief in the occult. Um, now, a quick question. Mm -hmm. Did Hitler believe that he was a mystical being sent from above yeah or is this just like stuff thrust upon um him yeah yeah he uh we, we'll we'll get into more more explanations about that in a bit but but yeah um it wasn't just this rosenberg guy who who believed that there were many many high-ranking officials in the nazi party who um either directly believed in occultism or credited occultism with uh the nazi success um yeah, and if you do as much meth as uh, Hitler did, eventually you're gonna believe you're some sort of god. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that's especially once you start like ripping, you know, like mailboxes out of the ground, which is your bare hands. Yeah. off that you meth gotta, strength. You gotta, you know? I'm sorry. Did you say that Hitler did meth? Yeah, you didn't know oh, that yeah. Hitler was constantly on meth. Um, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, basically he was. Um, he there there are writings of of during world war ii of um like the soviet union being like oh american soldiers can march for however long without stopping um because american soldiers were all on morphine and they were like the nazi soldiers can go days without sleeping and it's because all of the, the entire nazi party was all on cocaine and meth the, the entire time wow yeah it's uh yep. it's 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 <laughs> i didn't know that yeah it's pretty interesting um, so that's just like, that was just a little primer. Right? Cause I thought that was super cool that like the Nazis themselves directly introduced that. So what exactly is occultism? Uh, to put it simply, it's anything to do with the supernatural. Um, but okay. occultism to the Nazi party was something very, it was, it, it was something very specific and at the same time also very general. Um, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't really call it, uh, you know, supernatural occultism was a subsect of a larger umbrella that they called Grenzwissenschaft, which translates into border science, um, which is literally science that is on the border of, of, of regular fringe science is what we would call it. Uh, 
these days. And so the the Nazis were so obsessed with these with these border sciences because they wanted to find scientific concrete evidence as to why their Aryan race was the superior race. So they were going they were looking in any place that they could find. So they had the answer and they were just looking back to find out why. Yeah, it was back to your classic yeah. Your classic, uh, you know, confirmation bias. Yeah. Like, we already have the idea that we want to get to. Now let's find anything we possibly can to reaffirm that belief rather than, you know, just, just looking it. at them. Yeah, rather than, you know, taking a more scientific yeah. approach yeah, and just looking at the world for what it is. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what they were doing was they were trying. And yeah. as we'll discover later, um, if they couldn't find the answer they were looking for, they would just make it up. Um, wow, that's an, which is not surprising. Wow, so many parallels to today. <laughs> yeah, and so, uh, so we'll start with we'll start with the base uh, beliefs of the Nazi Party. Um, not like we're not going to talk about political beliefs. We're talking about ideological stuff. Let's start with the concept of the pure Aryan race. And so, I learned about a- the Aryan race in school in the historical context as. Um, being uh, Aryan is another name for uh, Proto-Indo-European, which is basically just the name for that whole area of like central to Western Europe towards the Middle East, that whole area. Um, and the languages associated with that area are called Proto-Indo-European or PIE. And so I always thought that Aryan specifically referred to the PIE region that was in the Middle East towards Ind- and, and, and towards India which um which is is that is the historically aryan uh area but it was weird because i was like the nazis would i thought the nazis didn't like uh, the people from the from from the east or from uh or or basically anyone who wasn't white um because they i was like so why would they want to associate themselves with these aryan people um so where did the nazis get this this idea of the aryan race from it has some basis in the pie region and languages um but in the early 19th century during the time uh when science was becoming you know uh science was becoming more acceptable to to practice you know it wasn't it wasn't heretical to 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 be a scientist Mm. at this time and so naturally uh being the early 19th century uh, early 1800s people were trying to justify their own race racism um so this is when we get into the area of racial science um and so the concept of race as like separate individual people who are distinct from one another didn't even arise until this era of of racial science um, before then, a race was just like a race was much more closely tied to to the idea of a culture. Um, so you know, like, and 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 so that aspect has carried over slightly into today. Like, um, to them, it would be like German race, French race, English race, um, mm-hmm. because like that's just what it because those were the different breakdowns of the different cultures. But now it's it's the white race. It's 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 hereditary. It's genetic. Um, and that tying in happened because of this, uh, basically because of, of racists wanting to justify that. The, oh, no, there is a physical difference. Um, so right. in this time, there were many, uh, there was a lot of misinformation spread. And the name Aryan, which 
originally referred to the that that whole general area they just sort of were like oh no it only means this one specific people who are from central europe this so this i this new misinformation about what the aryan quote unquote race was combined with these racial sciences scientists who were trying to prove that um specifically uh like a a scandinavian nordic race was um not only genetically different from every other race but was endangered as well um and so this is where you start to get the ideas of racial purity because this pure nordic race was so endangered people started preaching we need to keep this race pure and 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 it wasn't even like at the beginning it wasn't even like our race is better than the other ones. They just wanted, they just didn't want the race that they belong to, to go extinct essentially is what they is, is, is what they were saying. Um, and so <laughs> the idea behind this pure Nordic race spread very quickly across the world and gained huge popularity in central Europe, in uh, Scandinavia and in places like um, America. Uh, and, and they started to believe in phenotypical race separation and phenotypical means that, uh, a phenotype is, is is how you physically look different from another person, right? So like differing, varying shades of skin color is is phenotypical. Um, and so these these misinformed beliefs spread to America, and they and, and so it now exists to this day. We know this concept of the pure Nordic race as Anglo-Saxon. Ah, oh. um, and so. Uh, like uh, when 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 people are referring to wasps, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, um, that yeah. comes from the idea of the pure Aryan race as well. Um, something to note is that Nazis didn't believe that there was one pure, uh, there was one true pure race, and that everyone else um, was below them and nothing. They believed in a racial hierarchy, so. They believed that, so they took this this pure Nordic race, and they believed that they were at the top, uh, followed by like the Western European countries like France, England, Spain. Um, at the bottom were like Slavic cultures um, that were that existed towards the east, towards the Middle East, towards uh, Mongolia, uh, Russia. They considered all those to be like a like the very bottom of the ring. And so it was a spectrum. Yeah, basically. They basically thought it was but, a Yeah, spectrum. they had like a, a racial depth chart, you know, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, though, uh, the Jewish, uh, the, the quote unquote, in, in this day and age, ethnically Jewish is kind of like debated about what exactly it means. But um, back in, in the 40s, you know, at this time, not the 40s, pre-40s, but um, the, the the ethnically Jewish race was not even seen. They weren't even considered to be on any ring of this racial ladder. They were considered to be um, like the like uh, an anti race almost. If 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 the Nazi Aryan race, if the Aryan race was pure good, then the then the Jews essentially were pure evil. Um, they were seen as subhuman, as animals. Uh, oftentimes they were depicted and viewed as parasites on the world or devils with, with this sort of black magic that they would 
cast on the world to 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 feed their own agenda um and they were seen as as an evil that needed to be eradicated um i where does this come from well like- historically even before the not like anti-semitism is nothing ever since like there's been anti-semitism ever since there was the first semite you know like as soon as so strange i I, I don't get i don't get what it is either i don't understand how it got to that point yeah i mean there's a history i mean uh, of the jewish people you know sort of when they were first coming about in like ancient history were sort of persecuted a lot in like the regions of the world where that religion first came about in your sort of middle east jerusalem sort of area there's a lot of persecution Mm -hmm. that started that like a lot of like religions did when they first started Mm -hmm. coming up christianity same way um, and, you know, a lot of modern uh, anti-Semitism kind of stems from, you know, sort of the rise of Christianity and sort of like the portrayal as, you know, the the Jewish people in Christianity, a lot of, mm-hmm. at least some of it, as sort of being like, you know, the Christ killer. Like, that's sort of like one of these things you hear a lot and sort of like the Jews were responsible for, you know, killing Christ or yeah. whatever. So, even I though mean, and- Jesus was a Jew. That was, was Jewish himself. Yeah. I, so can I also confusing. say, like, I feel weird that we keep saying a Jew. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> He's Jewish. I don't know. Yeah. Well, people, that was wrong. But, I don't know. I've, I've heard, like... It's a weird thing. I, I never know how to feel about that. Yeah, but, um, I think anyway, it is been, technically problematic. I don't think it is. But, I think no, it's fine to refer to people, like, to just hey, say if, a Jew. If you're a Jewish listener, please... It, it, not that I want to make it your responsibility to educate us as a couple, you know... <laughs> you know... Gentiles or whatever, but you know, if you feel the need to chime in and correct us, please do so. We'd love to be corrected. But yeah, yeah so uh, there, there is a lot of it that kind of stems from mm-hmm. just sort of they've kind of like are always been sort of an oppressed or religion based on sort of like whatever the dominant culture was in their area. Mm. You know, it seems like they were always sort of like on sort of the receiving end of oppression. You know, throughout the ages. Uh, so I, but yeah, I can't really say with any certainty exactly where it stems from like what it, it is specifically about their faith that caused people to start th- like there you know i'd definitely have to do some more research into that but yeah yeah it's it's it probably it probably just has to do with like with their new ideas coming out and being like oh no your pagan religions are wrong there's only one true god mm-hmm. blah 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 that kind of yeah. stuff um but another uh, aspect towards the uh, towards the the Aryan race is um, the concept of the seven root races. Um, have either of you ever heard of this? Because I had seven root races. Seven root I've never races. Because I had you know, I'd you, never you, heard of this before. No, I was gonna say what well, you got like your potato, your carrot, your onion. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> these, yeah, these are all your roots. Yeah, your root roots. Um, but, uh, so no, the root races is, is a belief that belongs to the larger, it is, a, is part of a belief that belongs to the larger umbrella again of theosophy. Uh, theosophy is, was coined, is, is often credited, uh, as starting in the late 1900s, uh, late 19th century. So it was, um, theosophy came about after, you know, this whole influx of all these racial scientists and, and racial purity and all that kind of stuff. It was one of the, it, it, it was one of the ideas that was put forth. It was, um, it was created by a Russian immigrant by the name of Helena Blavatsky. Uh, and, uh, she was a Russian immigrant living in America at the time. She had 
taken some beliefs from these racial scientists, some from these other sort of occultist uh, type people who are dealing with the paranatural. Um, but basically, Theosophy believes in the concept of these immortal beings of infinite wisdom called the masters. And they believe that the masters reincarnate themselves throughout time. Uh, they believe that uh, a lot of great leaders have been reincarnated. Alexander the Great has uh, was is is mm. considered to be one of these masters reincarnated. Um, uh, that I did. I don't know why I didn't write down any more of them. Um, but but uh, <laughs> they 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 manifest themselves as great leaders in time. Um, yeah, you can look it up. Yeah, yeah, nerds. you can look it up because the only the only <laughs> the only relevant belief of of theosophy that we're going to talk about is the root races uh so gotcha it is believed that there are seven root races each with seven sub races within uh within each each race uh and they really like that's number seven yeah mm. dude it's one of those one of those numbers um the seven c's uh, you know maybe dude yeah uh but seven deadly sins oh, seven deadly sins oh my that's probably why actually lucky number 11 movie um seven no wait not seven memento there was a movie called seven. oh no seven mm -hmm. in memento are not our different movies yeah seventh heaven they're like similar or something maybe i don't know but um so there have only only five of these root races have actually appeared with the sixth and seventh predicting to be appeared uh in the future uh, oh, that's weird. Yeah, very, very strange. That's weird. So uh, we'll go through each of the we'll go through each of the seven and explain the differences between them. Oh, I really hope like the last two are like aliens or like Atlanteans or something. That'd be the sick. So the first root race were the Polarians. Um, they were <laughs> they were beings consisting of ethereal matter. Uh, oh fuck yeah, since dude! The, <laughs> this some D and D shit. Since the Earth was still cooling, <laughs> obviously, um, mm, and naturally. they reproduced by dividing like a single-celled organism. So they would just split into two, and that's how they would reproduce. No, um, there's no. In, I couldn't find any information on any of the seven subdivisions of this. Of there, there's only only one of the races actually has its seven subdivisions like listed out, uh, and that's the fifth one. Uh, so yeah. the second race were known as the Hyperherbian. Uh, they get their name okay. because um, the ancient Greeks believed that uh, million, like that the when the Earth originally formed, uh, when it was that it was just um, it was just a single landmass, and the uh, Borean or the Great Winds. So th these people existed during that time. Uh, so they had skin of golden yellow. And they inhabited the areas of what is now northern Canada, Greenland, Iceland, Scandinavia, northern Asia, and Kamchatka. Kamchatka is a peninsula on the northeastern coast of Russia. And so they basically were that whole one line. And, and, and it was, it, you, it, they, it, it's weird because they believe in like continental drift still because it was because the reason why it's those areas listed out is because they all lived in one area when, you know, earth was pangea or whatever mm. yeah um so at the time the climate of the earth was tropical and they reproduced by budding um <laughs> budding oh god budding is like cell division so cell division a cell duplicates everything it needs and splits into two equal equal boys 
um, budding is, is is imagine cell division, but instead of splitting into two equal things, um, the split is a growth that happens on the original organism and then grows and develops into until it's mature enough to split off. Um, this isn't made up. Yeah. This is a real like actual organisms do reproduce by budding. Um, so it's basically like instead of one cell splitting into two, it's it's like one cell grows a child that splits off from the parent cell. So were these races, were, were they just like people, like, um, and like, I, you'd just be walking around and, and you'd be like, I'm Dylan, and like, uh, Dylan would grow another Dylan on its shoulder. I don't know what they looked and, like, other than then they'd the, be the like, first ones were ethereal and the second ones were golden yellow. <laughs> other than okay. that, there's no like, description of what <laughs> they are. Louise. Like I'm trying to picture if they're like these just like these blob beings or if they're like actually. I don't know. Looking, I imagine you know? like Doctor Manhattan except yellow. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing too. Um. All right. So the third race are the Lemurians. They existed in what is now known, uh, in, in in what is now the area of the Indian Ocean, Australia, and into the South Pacific Ocean. Um, they were on a landmass that sunk, leaving behind, uh, and the remains of that of that landmass is the Australian continent, the island of New Guinea, and Madagascar. Uh, according, this isn't the Atlanteans, is no, it? No, no, it's not. It's just mm. well, because like that's oh. how continents sink. That's how they go mm. away. They uh, go yeah. under the continental shelf. Um, according to Theosophists, they existed. 34.5 million years ago so they are believed to have coexisted with dinosaurs they were much <laughs> they were much taller and bulkier than humans today which is interesting because you remember how i mentioned about uh borean uh before with mm -hmm. the great winds yeah uh the greeks believed that the people who existed at that time were giants um so I just thought oh, I just thought I, that yeah. that was a little interesting sort of thing. Um, so they co so so they thought they coexisted with dinosaurs. They were a lot taller and bigger. Um, so this is the first mention we get of subraces because the first three subraces of the Lemurians reproduced by laying eggs, um, and then the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh subrace uh, gave live birth like humans do now. Um, so from here on out, all of the rest of these root races reproduce like regular human beings do. God, I was gonna say we keep this up. We're gonna have to get bust out our <laughs> d20s and roll for initiative, boys. Like this is some D and D shit right. going I on here. I was just um, uh, I was I was I was shutting down Bobby so that he would be he would be even more excited for this one. The fourth root race mm -hmm. were the Atlanteans. <laughs> 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 and yes. uh, they are uh, they existed about uh, one million years ago and oh I'm stoked they have a bunch of other details that aren't really relevant um, I didn't write them down uh, because all, all that we need to know is that um, basically uh, they they were the fifth root race are descendants of the Atlanteans. Like, which is because I don't understand how the fifth root race can be descendants if they're mm -hmm. a root race. Oh, um, the masters are by, I forgot to mention this. The masters that I mentioned earlier who are immortal and infinite wisdom are said to be the progenitors of each of these races. Uh, so the fifth root race is considered to be modern humanity, uh, AKA, Aryan, and that's the key. Um, mm. They are believed to be descended from 
Atlanteans. And then you get in, I knew it. Then it got into this weird thing where um, they appeared about the a uh, hundred thousand years ago. They said, um, which is which contradicts um, the time frame because the Atlanteans and the fifth root race existed at the same time, which technically shouldn't happen. But then Blavatsky, who is the who is like proposed all of this, was like, no, 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 you misunderstood what I meant. I meant that, um, I I meant that the fifth root race, their the souls of the fifth root race started to manifest themselves within the Atlanteans, uh, because the Atlante there was some Atlanteans who started to practice, um, like black magic, and uh, like the 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 dabbling in the black magic is what eventually led them to, um is eventually what led them to the uh to the sinking of of atlantis they existed in uh. um atlantis is, is said to have have been in uh in the uh the, the atlantic ocean somewhere uh somewhere north near scandinavia um i see so this is it, kind of like they're they're telling he's telling telling you like oh you see how the the fifth race destroyed the atlanteans well, here comes the sixth race. They're gonna come with their black magic, and they're gonna destroy us. Us? No, not at all. Is that what it, not, is that what it's saying? No. Okay. Uh, no. I was gonna say this shit's starting to sound like some Scientology sort of crap. Mm. We got some Phaetons flying around, <laughs> yeah. spirit people going into <laughs> no, destroying um, of civilizations. Where's Where's Zenu? Zenu gonna kind of what, show up in a second? What the Aryan? What the <laughs> like the it. Aryan claim is about Atlantis is that um, is that the Aryans are descended from the good Atlanteans, basically. And that the bad Atlanteans were the ones who sunk it, but the good ones became oh. the Aryans. So in an ideal world, mm-hmm. Atlantis would not have sunk, and we would all still be Atlanteans. Basically, yeah. Um, and so, okay. uh, so, so that's where that's where it ends with modern humanity and the the Aryans um, uh, I- into now. They also they believe that um, the Lemurians have descendants too, um, but they consider so like. Uh, like the native native aboriginals in Australia, um, basically the entire continent of Africa, Madagascar, the whole South, South Asian, um, Eastern Southern Asian, that whole like area that includes like the Philippines and Malaysia and Singapore and Laos and that whole area. Um, they're all considered to be descendants from the Lemurians and the Lemurians are considered to be subhuman. Um, so that's another uh, uh, aspect of, of the racial hierarchy. Um, mm. so the sixth root race cool. will arise. So this is now we get into the predictions. So the sixth root race is going to arise, um, from a colony of theosophists, uh, in Baja, California, Baja, what? Baja California is a state in Mexico. It's not, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they believe it'll happen during the sometime in the 28th century. The seventh. Oh wow! Okay. So we're not even close. Yeah, well, well hopefully even. they still have the Bah the Baja blast is still available <laughs> yeah, so by then. Can, uh, do that. So really Baja down. The seventh race will emerge on a future continent that will arise in the center of the Pacific Ocean. Um, so some new, you know, because this is however far in the future, some new continent. 
Um, it is yeah, the all, great trash continent. It is also <laughs> predicted. Yeah, the, yeah. Basically, it's going to be the trash. The trash heap. Um, <laughs> it is also predicted, though, that the seventh race will then. So they are going to arise on this continent, but then they will migrate to Mercury, the planet Mercury. What? <laughs> Thank you. Which yes. Which in the in Wolfenstein: The New Order. Um, I don't know if that was just a coincidence or really good attention to detail, um, but Hitler's uh, Hitler's base is on Mercury. Wow! Um, so that's really that's really interesting. If this wasn't rooted in racism and horribleness, it would be kind of. This fun. is an interesting story. Yeah, if you if you if you cut off all of the all of the racial purity ideals behind it, it is it is well, an it's interesting when it, little. Like, little thing it's when it starts to affect like it's the wild, real world yeah. you know and you look it, back it, it's at history when people s- still believe it as an actual fact yeah. Or, yeah. or believe that 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 this is like source material for well, like their actual hatred it's like cool yeah you know what's funny is like i i remember when i was you know probably in high school i found this video on youtube that was like the truth about the world's history mm. and i haven't been able to find it it was just this really like bad animation that looked like it was done in like Microsoft Paint. Oh. And it was like a one hour long video about like the history of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I I can't really remember the details, but like you you I remember Atlanteans were in it and like when you started describing the seven root races, I'm like, oh damn. I think it was like probably this occult like i think that this is probably oh, it could have been what that the, video um, was they the, the theosophy exists to this day there's a youtube channel called the, the theos theosophical society um where they post videos explaining their beliefs and stuff um and like all i, I want to know like all of the videos on this topic and stuff are all like people are finally waking up oh my and i'm like oh my god dude oh my i i want to know like how this relates to um, like the pyramids and gematria and stuff because I feel like no, there's a lot of different I'm sure they just ignore it <laughs> there's a lot of different like stems of this I think because on YouTube you know I, I've gone to the dark side of YouTube a few times and there's some really interesting videos oh, well, where people they probably are like, just think that like they probably think that either the Lemurians or um, it, it would depend on how they would view like the Egyptian people um, yeah but the idea of these root races and so like is because um like the people who came from the uh, from from you know like the 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 second people the hyperbian they now are the people who live in those areas and then so yeah. like it's the roots it's the it's it's the explanation for it's basically an explanation as to why the races are distinctly different because they do come from seven different things um interesting yeah and so so when the nazi party in is is referring to Aryan. They're referring to a combination of this idea of them coming from a root race, along with the idea of that scientific racial purity about this Nordic race. Um, so uh, another, uh, uh, so that's that's where they get their racial hierarchy. Um, and 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 the basis, the next step is is an ideology called Ariophysy. Ario, yeah, Ariosophy, yeah, Ariosophy. It's really weird. 
It's got a lot of syllables, a lot of vowels. <laughs> um, Ariosophy is essentially the wisdom of the Aryans, and it's this belief that the Aryan people, that with the, their their Anglo-Saxon pagan beliefs, the Celtics, the Norse, the uh, the Germanic tribes, that they were they held all the wisdom and they were correct, and that the new age focus on Christianity is doing a disservice and that they need to get back to the pagan roots. So that Ariosophy is another big part of, of the Nazis, uh, political, uh, party. So that's, um, that, so that's basically the basis of their beliefs. So even their base beliefs are steeped deeply in the occult. Um, so, Moving back on to the rise of rise of Adolf Hitler and how they credit the German people's uh, ability to believe in the occult to the rise of of Hitler, um, there are several direct accounts of people um, referencing Hitler in the context of demonic possession. Uh, so, what a man by the name of August Kubi Kubizek who was one of Hitler's closest friends since he was a child, claims that Hitler, at age 17, uh, once spoke to him of returning Germany to its former glory. Uh, August, August said about this comment, it was as if another being spoke out of his body and moved him as much as it did me. Uh, Ooh, an article well, that's creepy. Uh, in, the ma- in the Atlantic magazine titled Hitler's Forgotten Library by Timothy Ryback uh, mentions a book that was found in Hitler's private library, authored by Ernst Schertel. Schertel, whose interests were self-flagellation, dance, occultism, nudism, and BDSM. He had also been an activist for sexual liberation. Um, once the Nazis rose to power, he was jailed, though. Uh, but um, he sent a dedicated copy of a book he wrote in 1923 called Magic history, theory, and practice to Hitler sometime in the 1920s. Uh, Hitler uh, apparently uh, marked many pages and and would like highlight, underline, dog ear things, apparently. One of the passages reads, he who does not have the demonic seed within himself will never give birth to a magical world. Uh, so hmm. Hitler himself now is referring to him as a demonic t- possession. A theosophist uh, by the name of Alice A. Bailey stated that during World War II, Adolf Hitler was possessed by what she called the dark forces. One of her followers, Benjamin Cream, has stated that through Hitler and a group of equally evil men around him in Nazi Germany, together with a group of militarists in Japan and a further group around with Mussolini in, in Italy, so basically all of the Axis powers, uh, that uh, they released energies of the Antichrist, which, according to the theosophical teachings, is not an individual person, but a force of destruction. So these theos- so like the hiss. members of the Theosophical Society, which Hitler's Aryan beliefs are based on, believe that through the actions of Hitler... And um, Hirohito, right? He was the he was the the Japanese one. Um, I the um, well, either way, I, the I fascists remember. in Hitler, yeah. the fascists in Germany, Italy, and Hitler, through their evil energy, summoned forth the dark forces, which then took 
manifestation in Hitler. Yeah, this this totally sounds like the hiss. Uh, according to James Herbert Brennan in his book Occult Reich, Hitler's mentor Dietrich Eckhart, uh, to whom D- Hitler dedicated his book Mein Kampf, uh, wrote a, wrote to a friend of his in 1923 talking of Hitler. He said, "Follow Hitler; he will dance." But it is I who have called the tune. We have given him the means of communication with them. Them, capitalized T. Do not mourn for me. I shall have influenced history more than any other German. Wow. Um, so that is pretty fucking crazy, in my opinion. Uh, Spooky. Yeah. So uh, I think we're scary. actually nearing nearing some time. Oh no, it's only forty five minutes. All right, so we have plenty of time to talk about this next part. Um, cool. I got the heebie-jeebies, boys. I know it is kind of mm. it was kind of scary reading this. Um, I I need to put a disclaimer. I should put it at the beginning, but I'll put it now. Um, the evidence <laughs> towards a lot of these claims is spotty at best <laughs> but hey it's brain boggling isn't it always yeah, it's like always. that's it's always it's kind of always the case it's like mm-hmm. i mean the evidence is just hearsay yeah. in a lot of so, cases now that we know about beliefs ideologies and all the basis of everything let's get into some specifics let's get into some actual historical context uh so during the rise of the nazi party within germany um, while the Nazis were rising to power and when they, when they claimed power, they actually opposed the occult, uh, in terms of, uh, not in terms of like, they, they weren't rounding them up and sending them to concentration camps. Um, it was more of like, Hey, if you guys are studying the occult, just make sure it doesn't go against the ideas that Hitler was sent by the divine right to rule. Um, and also make sure that any occult research you do kind of supports our racial purity idea. But other than that, guys, you can do whatever you want. Um, and so, uh, one of, uh, the deputy Fuhrer, um, who I did not write his name down. I don't know why I didn't. Um, he actually, uh, his, he was, he was a very strongly known occultist and um at some point during early in the war he uh in um in uh 1938 so i don't even know if the war was officially started then at least well definitely not yes yeah um he was like my nostradamus reading predictions tell me that hitler needs to he was he was very 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 against hitler opening two fronts so he was stole a plane and was going to fly to great britain in order to um in order to just take england uh because he believed that the that the that the teachings of nostradamus predicted that this is what he needed to do and he urged hitler to do this and to to, to follow these teachings but hitler was like no you're crazy and so he actually crashed his plane and was kidnapped and all of hitler's advisors were like um when 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 uh, hold on but um all over the place he he crashed and was kidnapped and when german and when british officers interrogated him 
he was talking about the occult and these predictions and the supernatural and demons and the devil and Satan. And they were like, this man is obviously insane. So we're just going to lock him up. They didn't even bother looking into it any further than that. Uh, so Hitler's and just a quick and a quick correction for myself. It's actually 19 or 1939 when World War II started. So you're oh, okay. So I think he was when did he start invading? I don't know. Either way, the plane crashed. Yeah. The guy got kidnapped. Um, so Hitler's advisors were like, look at this crazy. Look at this crazy occultist, dude. He like, he fucking he went crazy and crashed his plane. He was trying to go to England. Like, what's up with this guy? Um, so Hitler ordered uh, Hitler ordered the shutdown of occult research centers of of, of any of these border science things. Um, but it only lasted for a few weeks and then um, everyone just kind of stopped caring uh, because when the war officially broke out, um, he any sort of reservations about the occult seemed to go away and all of a sudden uh, Himmler was directly funding a research center led by uh Karl Kraft and Hitler was indirectly because uh, he Hitler would like he had allotted you know he, funding different research facilities through through the government stuff but Himmler like directly was funding it with his own personal funds um and so they were told to start researching the occult and border science in terms of furthering uh foreign policy propaganda and military technology our boy alfred rosenberg who the quote was from at the beginning about uh about the direct credit of 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 right right of, of us occultism to nazi the occult power and yeah yeah right yeah he um who who was originally a skeptic and extremely critical of the occult had a member of his bureau, so he remember he was in charge of foreign policy and surveillance and cultural policy. Uh, a member of his bureau, a man named Kurd Kisshauer, wrote and published an official policy paper titled Astrology as a Means to Influence Public Opinion. The report indicated that the British had used fake horoscopes to influenced the German people with great effect. The policy then went on to explain how uh, the Germans could potentially use this to embolden themselves. Uh, the SS, independent of Rosenberg's bureau, also noted this, uh, this influence. Interesting, uh, Him Himmler, who was obsessed with the occult, is the head of the SS, if you didn't know that. Was the head not? Right. It's still not currently. <laughs> um, so basically, they were like, "Hey, if it can work on that, if it if it if they did it on us, we can do it on ourselves." <laughs> basically, was what they were uh, saying. Um, That's funny. On October thirtieth, nineteen thirty nine, Goebbels reported that in his uh, he in one of his diary entries said that he was studying astrological data to discover for himself. If there was any inherent danger in this field two weeks uh so this was on november 13th or around that time uh two weeks later goebbels brings a letter that was written by croft himself so croft the head the head of this border science research facility wrote a letter predicting um 
predicting that a man by the name of Johann Georg Elsler would attempt to assassinate Hitler sometime in the future. Um, so this meeting took place on uh, November 13th. The letter was written on November 2nd, predicting that in the future an assassination would, attempt would happen by a man of this name. On the 8th, so five days prior to this meeting, a man by the name of Johann Georg Elsler tried to assassinate Adolf Hitler uh, at a beer hall what? in Munich. So, what? Goebbels, Hitler himself, and Himmler all are on record saying that this letter is credible and authentic and was written on November 2nd and is an accurate, real prediction of an assassination that happened. A failed assassination. A failed assassination. Yeah. There were like 20, like over 20 assassination attempts on Hitler's life, by the way. There were so many of them. Should have been more. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like. Surprised so that like, it was only 20. For him to be right, I, I, I have to assume that like there's no way this man got this dude's full name correct. Um, I have to assume that the name was, was, was some propaganda thing added later that was like, look. Hitler is divine. He's he like people. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, like, how do we know that the person to do like, do we have like accurate records to say that like this person actually did this thing or that the person yeah, who did could this was actually names, you know? So the person who had the, the same the, name, the person who did the assassination. So the assassination did happen on November 8th and it was Johann Elser Georg. Um, right. But whether or not uh Croft Croft could have possibly just said Johann or Georg, which were extremely popular names in Germany at the time. Um and to right. say and and in the letter he just said sometime in the future. And I think it was just a coincidence that by the time he had seen that letter, there had been an assassination attempt. Because this wasn't yeah. the only assassination attempt against Hitler. There were like 20 other ones. Um, so yeah, like right. eventually the letter was going to be also, right. <laughs> right. And then my other, my other thought too would be like, I imagine, you know, the, the Nazis being as paranoid as they were, were probably, you know, there's a possibility that could have been onto this assassination attempt planning and yeah. put this out there knowing yeah. that they would be able to thwart it because they were fully aware that it was going to happen yeah and just like thwart it and they're like look we predicted it and it's like or, they knew it was happening you know yeah or it could have been a setup like they could yeah, have a false flag sure it's entirely yeah. possible that because croft was croft was himmler's guy um because himmler is the one who's obsessed with the occult hitler's just yeah. interested in it and and and, and wanted to work for him goebbels is is just going along with hitler basically um but uh so himmler could have Himmler could have set the whole thing up or, um, you know, had the letter written after the assassination attempt and then just made it, you know, officialized it and everything um, in order to gain favor with Hitler. That could have been a, a very real possibility. Right. Um, so uh, two days after this meeting, uh, Goebbels writes in his diary, I broached the idea of Nostradamus to my colleagues in the propaganda ministry for the first time. The whole world is full of mystical superstition. Why shouldn't we exploit that to undermine the enemy? So it is still in the question. Uh, oh, I didn't put a question mark. I'm dumb. Uh, why shouldn't we? So why shouldn't we exploit that to undermine the enemy? So it is. 
it's debatable whether or not Goebbels actually believes this or just identifies um or just identifies the 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 mysticism as a way of exploiting the people and controlling them. Uh, but right. that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. But regardless of what his of what he actually believed, it is still uh it's still a hard example, hard evidence example of a cult directly influencing a p- policy in the Nazi party. So uh, by February of 1940, Goebbels has hired three different astrologers into the uh, into the Ministry of Propaganda, and was using them to read and transcribe Nostradamus prophecies uh, <laughs> and use them as predictions for uh, essentially horoscopes for the German people. Um, he would he he would have them find prophecies that would predict a good in uh, to 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 both bolster the German troops uh, confidence when going in to invade a country and they would use them against other countries claiming that the Nostradamus prophecies uh, projected that they would win on this day because it wasn't just you know Germans specifically who believed in 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 this mysticism it was it was a lot of different areas in Europe yeah mm-hmm. um, by 1942. The Nazis were using uh, groups of multiple occultists performing ritualistic ceremonies to locate allied ships and submarines. Uh, with Goebbels even stating that Operation Mars, Operation uh, Mars is the, uh, so there's, um, oh, what is the name of it? So Mussolini at one point in 1942 was kidnapped by resistance fighters in Italy and was being held in various places around Italy and he was being constantly moved so that the Nazis could never find him. Uh, Operation Mars was a military operation where um, on the official record, uh, they were able to find where, the, uh, where Mussolini was being held by uh, intercepting radio chatter and decrypting it. Goebbels though stated that it was occultists who, and experts in dowsing who located Mussolini, uh, which is just like insane to me. Like, mm. <laughs> so like, um, that's basically all of the, uh, all of the info that I have on, um, on Nazis. So the, that's the belief of the Nazis parties based in occultism examples of direct policies, examples of direct use of occultism in the war by the Nazis. Um, so I didn't know it was that crazy. I never really ever thought to research or look into like the political beliefs of you know the Nazis and like yeah where they were coming from in any sense because you know you really it's they're they're seen as like these monsters, you know, these like non humanized people, which they should be. Um, (laughs) yeah, it's just, it's just like, I, I've never thought to like think about the why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's, it's interesting hearing the justifications for the horrible, horrible racism. It's just like, you think it's just like, Oh, well they're just racist and they just want to, they're power hungry. It's yeah. like, but also like weird mysticism and magic and like <laughs> sub 
sub like D&D fucking ethereals and shit yeah. I'm like what the fuck so- <laughs> I know I feel like I'm watching like a fantasy like it's sci-fi it's- anime it's absolutely absurd um so uh that's basically all that I have for um I think I think that's a good uh spot to stop for this first part um, yeah. Part one complete. Yeah. So um, next week, well, we're gonna do it right now. But next week, yeah, uh, you guys will get to hear about uh, Himmler's specific uh, antics with his whole crazy shit. Just wait until we get into that shit. Oh. Um, and so I'll give a little. Oh I'll give a little uh, uh, teaser. Uh, you're gonna want to tune in next week because you want you 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 guys want to learn about the uh, about Himmler's obsession with Arthurian legend, the Knights of the Round Table, uh, oh. and we're gonna talk about some of the relics that uh, Himmler kept in his so-called Nazi Temple of Doom. Oh, so you're definitely gonna wanna, you're definitely gonna mm. want to come back next week to hear about to hear about that good stuff. Um, there was a no Nazi boy. temple of doom. Yep. So not uh, just the film. Not just <laughs> the film. It's. I think. I think the people call it the Nazi temple of doom now because of the movie. But um. Yeah, right. it makes sense. Yeah, but uh, that's wow. all I have for for this for this for this first part. Well, I'm really Very excited nice. to get into the second part, and if you guys are excited to make sure to leave a like and review rating i don't even know how this works i'm talking like i'm on youtube but yeah. i'm not yeah uh make sure to go follow us on our social meds which you can also find on our website brainboggledpodcasts.com and subscribe to our newsletter we actually have a lot of people subscribe to our newsletter and i didn't realize it until today yeah also yeah, it's, very, um, it's very strange yeah it's really uh, we weird it. if you uh if you want to support us uh bobby mentioned our website but if you go to brainball.com slash shop you can buy uh some merch that we have there we have sweatshirts shirts hats uh all that good stuff um if you that'll help you spread the word and support the show yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's two birds with one stone if you aren't really interested in doing that uh you can support us on patreon for as little as one dollar a month you get access to our bonus episodes uh we record that's little one a month if you um if you uh if you bump up to three dollars a month though you get to vote on what uh our topic is for that month we put out uh a, a survey that has some i some some topics on it that you can you can vote to choose on. So I guess, um, well, this episode will be out on Friday. So we, I mean, we yes. can totally we can totally wait until um, until this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this episode right now, you probably have a little bit of time to still go get your vote in if you want to vote before we ultimately decide on what we're gonna do. Uh, so yes. the link for that is brainboggled. Oh uh, no 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 not no it's not. Don't listen to that. <laughs> it's patreoncom forward slash podcast. Uh, if you don't have any money, because you know it's COVID times, times are tough, or you just don't want to spend money, which is totally fine, uh, you can support us by going to our social meds, Brain Podcast uh, on, oh no, Brain Pod 
on Twitter. I always, I'm always messing that up. Brain Boggled Pod on Twitter, and we are Brain Boggled on Instagram. If you want to just get in mm, touch with us, true. you can DM us on either of those sites or send us an email at brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com. That's brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com. And so, uh, yep, that's it. And so stay tuned for our next episode because it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a banger for real. If you if you found this one interesting, you have to come in back for the next one. Hell yeah. I'm going to need a coffee for this one, boys. So let's strap Ooh. in. All right. See you guys next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.